An eye for an eye, recompense. Red sets up uh, Mr. Kaplan, and we're in steerage, but we're not in steerage. It's the blacklist. You're That's the end of it. The That's all. I- for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV, and now let the buzz begin. Welcome everybody to the After Buzz uh, After Show for Blacklist. This is uh, this is for the debt collector. This is episode twenty of season four. Uh, we got some 2002 up in here. Oh my god, I love the song. It Dude. feels like 2002. Listen, and in 2002, definitely sitting on the beach, trying to hook it up in the car. In my velour jumpsuit. Hello. That shit was definitely happening. That's what we all did. Um, and and I don't know about you, but I was well trained uh, in, 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 in horror movies, and I know the rules. And as soon as I saw those teenagers hooking up by the beach... I was like, one of you is going to die. Going down. You both Which probably going to die. Be? Oh, somebody's getting strapped in a barrel and thrown in the ocean. That's all God, I got to say. That is one of the worst things I've seen. That's, That's one of the most terrifying things. I know everyone says, like, uh, being trapped in a coffin. This seems, this seems worse to me well, than being you, trapped in a coffin. Well, I mean, either way, you're trapped. You're going to die. Well, but yeah, but. Grim, man. But, you know, I, I, I feel, I, I kind of like the debt collector. I mean, I kind of like the character. Uh, welcome, everybody. I'm Joe Sanfilippo. I, I'm joined by the lovely Julia Kearley. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to be here with you guys. Joe Braswell is not here with us because... He's very important. As we've very established in the past, uh, yeah, you can say he's an important guy. I'm just going to say he's a terrible human being, and we hate him. And what he keeps doing, because he's a terrible human being, he's like, just want to make sure we're all going to be at the show on Monday. Yeah, we're all going to be there, because I'm not. Screw you, Braswell. So, moving on. I look at you. You can't even smirk because that's what he does. <laughs> it is what he that's does. That's what it's he true. does. It's true. <laughs> Just want to make sure we're all going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. All right, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> also, sorry for the massive delay today. Yes. Thank you, Los Angeles traffic. Yes, yes, yes. There was uh, something nasty on the on the freeways, which is really weird in LA. That never happens. Never happens. Ever. Ugh. So we are on uh, episode 20 of season four. This is eye for an eye. This is the deck collector. This is uh, a pound of flesh. Yes, recompense. Shylock. I liked him. I liked him a lot. What did you think of this episode? Oh, I actually really... Li- I, I've said it before. I've said it again. I love the back half of the season. Like, I'm totally 100% into it. Um, I like the, the twists and the turns every single episode. There's something yes. twisty and turny. Um, I liked the Blacklister. I like how the Blacklisters are weaving into the overall narrative instead of the overall storyline being about a Blacklister. You know, it's sort of fitting more seamlessly than it did before. I dug this episode. I agree. The serialized aspect of the show... I like I like what they're doing with it a lot more because I think for the first two seasons it felt very much, uh, it, it, at least in the middle episodes certainly it felt very much like all right well it's you know it's like uh, it was like what you call it um, uh, what's the what's the, the, the I call it the weekly rape show what's the uh, uh, the show uh, Law and Order SVU Law and Order SVU I've it, seen them all I, bum, right bum. like bum, bum. <laughs> Dick Wolf oh God Dick Wolf <laughs> weekly rape show it's a terrible thing that there is. is that's a producer on his game. Oh, the, I could watch a marathon every weekend in Long Island SBU. I can't stop. Oh. I miss Detective Stabler. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know what's going to happen? I, I feel like somebody's going to get violated, and uh, uh, and, and uh, Ice Cube's going to be. I'm sorry, Ice T is going to be surprised that it happened again. <laughs> He's always shocked. Um, at any rate, so this show I think really went down that road for a little bit, and now they've kind of pulled back and, and made sure I think in the writing has gotten a lot better. They're, they're yeah. weaving it into the into the overall the overarching storyline a lot better. I, I just love how everything's coming together and everything fits. All these puzzle pieces are slowly starting to fit, although we still don't know why everyone loves Liz. Ah, that, you know, Jody Walker had it. She said, "How?" And let me see if I can. I'm going to quote Jody Walker here, but uh, and I, let me see exactly what she has to say here. 
it, it, it is simultaneously admirable, frustrating, hilarious to observe the blacklist and its character's parallel obsession with Elizabeth Keene. How many people have died to protect this one life? How many times must we be reminded that it's all for Liz? How many times in the past four episodes since the mid-season return must we revisit the, the, the recent explanation that Red created an entire criminal network in order to be able to hypothetically protect Lizzie one day? And so her point of view, and I think is very, very valid, that they've decided that this is no longer a show's, this is not a, sh- a flaw with the show's logic, this is a flaw with the characters, which I think is a good way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that's a sharp way to, because otherwise you're going like, okay, well, the show makes no goddamn sense. But this way, the, the, we say, okay, no, the character is a little bit, you know, they're a little bit crazy. And characters ought to be flawed. Right? So we've got some more, so we layer on a little more flaw, and it mm-hmm. gives the show a little more validity, which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, but, they wrote themselves into freedom that way a little yes, bit. Yes, they did. They're like, yeah. all right, Red is not perfect, and Mr. Kaplan might be a little off too, mm-hmm. and they're irrationally obsessed with this kid. And now our show makes more sense, and we'll just uh, have about... But we all accept it. Yes. We all completely accept it. I was like, yes, yes, they must do this to save Liz. They must. They must. And we'll have 46.5% less scenes with Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the secret sauce. There was a moment Eric, my husband, was watching me, or was in the other room while I was watching this show, and that whole exchange between uh, between Red and Dembe, where Dembe had a lot to say in this episode. I know, he had a whole monologue. I know, but in his monologue, when he said, remember why you surrendered your to the FBI in the first place and he heard me scream so tell me I was so mad so tell me just do it now someone just tell me but maybe next week two hours next week oh. a very special two hour finale of The Blacklist very serious business um, I do want to talk very briefly before we get into the play by play of this episode um, I just I want to ask and this is a pet peeve thing so it's out of line for me to even Uh-oh. go but you have it. a pet peeve? I do you're oh, not going to believe it really? this is going to shock you you're acting so opinionated today I know wow did you see uh, my crazy oh. Lizzie looks over at Red and I don't remember I think it was after the after the reveal in the cabin where it's clearly Red and she's you know stapled to the chair and she looks over at Red and she goes you had me kidnapped and did you, did, it, am I the only one that felt that the way she said it was almost like she was tied up in 50 shades of gray or whatever and like, it was the weirdest delivery, obviously, just me? I mean, what do you think she was insinuating? When I don't delivery? know. It was just the weirdest choice. It was glaring. I had to go back Could and you watch it. Like it was a sexy you had me kidnapped? I'm telling you, it felt weird. Huh. Maybe it's just me. Internet, if I'm crazy, tell me I'm crazy. Well. It's just, it's, well, that, that, is, it, that won't prove anything, but certainly... Anyway, when you go, if you go back and watch it again, you can send me a note. Be like, okay. you know what? Okay. You, you, yeah, yeah. You're, you're off the mark, Flip. Or you can be like, mm, that possible. was weird. There was a moment where I was like, oh, Lizzie. What? What's going on? Ew, that makes me a I know, out. right? Now oh it's creepy. Now it's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. We ruined Christmas. There is no Santa. <laughs> All right. So let's start at the top here. So yes. we've got our teens partying in 2002. Mm-hmm. And, and we, have our, uh, we have the dude uh, taking off the bra, but he can't really get it. Which, uh, I don't know. I... I, I, I that that's relatable. I, I'm like, hey, I get you, man. But I just it's a it's a snap flick thing. I mean, you just gotta you gotta have confidence. So uh, she says it's a clasp, and boop, off comes the bra, and I gotta go tell my friends. Yeah, that's that, responsible. I'm, yeah, uh, you know, I'm ditching them. We're going to, to the go club. Was it? They're going to the club. Uh, first, his house, and then some club. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't it's matter. Gonna be good. They're 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 gonna get down. They're gonna get down. But she goes to tell her buddies at the at the bonfire at the beach. God, how 2002 was that? It really made oh. me nostalgic. Bonfire at the beach? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that sounds fun. And if you young people aren't doing bonfires at the beach, what the fuck? Get go do a bonfire together, at the beach. All you do is you go behind Vons and Ralphs, you break up the pallets, you put them in the trunk, you go to the beach, you blow them on fire. That's how it works. That's a bonfire on the beach. Done. Saved you a lot of time and energy. Um, 
So, uh, so we're at, we're at the bonfire at the beach. She comes running back mm-hmm. after he gets kidnapped randomly, mace dude, maced, yeah, and maced off and kidnapped. We go because he did. He sold some drugs to a senator's, a senator's daughter. Yeah, and she OD'd, and she OD'd, and then drowned horribly. Yeah, so the tide came in over her. Well, she passed out. I don't know if she OD'd, but she passed out where she couldn't really move. She wasn't waking up, and then something the waves... was mixed in the in the coke. Right? Yeah, Wasn't probably. that the deal? And it knocked it's her out. It's a cocktail of drugs, so she oh. could have just been mixing her drugs. I don't know. And that right there is why you don't deal drugs to senators, kids. I think that's the, that's that's the lesson that the you, do- that you, you know. took from this. That's what I took you away know, from the episode. If you're going to sell drugs, just don't do it to anyone in power. Their yeah. children, you know, they'll come after you. What your dad do? No, no, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Um, you, you can have these drugs. So, uh, so, so the 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 debt collector who we find out later is a, is a janitor, but he uh, he's got he's got a real a very very serious code that he lives by. And and it's eye for an eye, so I'm not going to recompense. Recompense. I like that word too. What a great word. I like that word too, which is why I was kind of excited to say it on this show today. Say it again. Recompense. Recompense. I loved his affectations. Yeah. I loved his accent. I loved the the glee he had and like the pride he took in his job. And I love that he was like a blue collar guy. Yeah. And he just, he wasn't apologizing for that. No. Like, look, yeah, you paid me to do a thing I did. What the fuck? And he's obviously making a shit ton of cash doing this, but he's not living like he's making a shit ton of cash. He's still no. in his little house in the middle of nowhere. He's got his bizarre little display just, of literal stacks of cash. Stacks of cash. He doesn't. It's not about the money. He wants to inflict pain. And, and he's, but he's very disciplined, clearly. Yes. Because he's only going to inflict the amount that is adequate, that is that is appropriate. Yes. To that establish. That he's been hired to do, but he recompense. takes glee from it. Yes, I enjoyed him very much. I thought he was a I great character, and and, uh, and and I loved his glasses. They were yeah. really like Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Yeah. It was very like you know what I feel like all serial killers wear those glasses, or if they don't, they ought to. You'll yeah yeah. It's part of the uniform. And I like I like that he's wearing the members only type jacket. You know, yeah. there's just there's nothing cool about him. He's just getting shit done. I enjoyed him very much. Um, so we, we figured out that he exists. We know that he's a thing. Yep. Now, and I, I thought, and I, I'm very glad that the episode kind of came around the way it did, because there were a couple things. Now, we, we, you know, we, we, we cut into Red basically giving the blacklist, uh, the, the, the FBI, here's what you guys are going to go do. Um, I, here's this guy, and I've got this intelligence network, and it's very, very it's big, and it's very important. I'm very, the, 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 I'm very special. The network's very special. He gives like a Trump monologue about the network. It's the best network. It's a fantastic network. But it's it was built, But it was built for two reasons. Two reasons. To keep him free and to keep Lizzie safe. This is not working out in either. reason. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we've got the intelligence network we talk about. And then we're, to let you guys know, uh, here's the guy. And this is what's happening. And go check out this barrel. Uh, or you know, the- I was going to let it go. I was going to let it go. It's like, he says, I have eyes and ears everywhere. The debt collector's coming after you. The fact that that just sort of was like plucked out of the blue with the easiest, most like generalized excuse ever. Yes. I have eyes and ears everywhere. Just trust me when I tell you the debt collector's coming for you. And I was like, that was kind of dumb blacklist. Okay. But I was going to let it go. So I was so happy with the reveal at the end. I was like, oh, okay. There was that. And then him in steerage looking through the portal and at no point did the boat rock. At yeah. no point was there any sense of motion. At no point. So I'm like, huh, that is just lazy, guys. And yeah, if, I was thinking the same thing. And if we were doing like Mystery Science Theater 3000, I'd have been caught with my pants down yelling at the TV <laughs> and then turn around and be like, fool you. And I was like, oh. But I was just going to let it all go. So I'm glad that they, that they made yes. those tweaks. That it all made sense in the end. I love it when things make sense in the end. We thank you for your logic. It doesn't happen very often on this show. No, it does not. You are asked sometimes to eat some, you know what, just fucking go with it pie. So I was just going to go with it. 
Um, so we've got we got so Red gives them their their, their assignment essentially, mm-hmm. and uh, and and they say okay, well the medical examiner they they go and they find our dude. Obviously he's mummified, which apparently oh, yeah. is a thing that can happen. Yeah, still wearing his Letterman's jacket. Sure was. Yeah, poor kid. Mm. No, I, I I doubt very much that was Long Beach. I, I grew up in L.A. I, you know. No, they said Long Beach. Off the coast of, like, Virginia or something oh, so like that. I think there's here, more than one East, Long Beach. It's East Coast. Duh, yeah. Joe. They're by D.C. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I was like, there's no Long way. Long Beach. Well, that, that's a good point. And, and, I was, cause I, and I'm so dumb. What a dummy. try to make it look like Long Beach oh, then. You're, you're sitting next to a dummy. I'm embarrassed. I had a moment. I'm like, and this is, this is the reason I knew. Not because East Coast. I'm like, hey, there's no way anybody out here is wearing their Lenham's jacket when they're trying to score. That's just not happening anymore. That hasn't happened since 1986 on, oh. the, on the West Coast. So... I was kind of, uh, I was, uh, and, but it's that's because it's the freaking East Coast, Joe. East Coast. Probably got Good it for playing, for playing cricket. Yeah, uh, mm. <laughs> All right, so we dig up the barrel, and we've got we pop our mummy out of the barrel, and he's got ID, which is very convenient. Well, and, yeah, yeah, as you are wont to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we find we, you know, we get to the bottom of what's going on. He was very, very careful. Of course, Red says, "No, your people are garbage. Your people, two weeks. We haven't got time. Yeah, for we that don't have kind time for shit. that." What is this? God, he had this thing planned out he, so... Because it's red. I know, he's so good. One Smartest good. guy in the room. Yep. Two steps ahead of the rest of these shaved yep. monkeys. So, so two weeks, not enough time. You know who we need. You know who's the best when it comes to death and necro- necropsy. Who, who, who would that be? Necropsy. Looking at dead people. Yes. Who would that be? Well, none other than Mr. Kaplan herself. Mr. Frickin' Kaplan. So y'all better get in with Mr. Kaplan. But of course, Harold is going to pull a double cross... Fucking Harold. That Whatever. was a dumb move. That was a dumb they double cross. They made a deal. Ugh. They made a freaking deal. You they know didn't what I, even like try to hide it either. No. And I, you know what? There's moments where I get frustrated. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I guess maybe the FBI operates this way. Like, hey, we're going to do a dead drop. We're going to do all this. First, we're going to move a corpse and give it to a known criminal. Whatever. I, I don't get it. I'm not a doctor. I can't say that these aren't things that will happen. But no one goes back to the site where the body was in the first place. Like, nobody, like... They don't leave like you know Jim and Tim. Like, hey Jim, Tim, you guys are you know your partners because your names rhyme. You guys, uh, you guys are going to stay here at the drop area for a few hours just just for shits, just for you know just in case. That doesn't happen. I guess not. We all just leave the drop area. Moving on. Moving on. We're on the move. Little did we know there's a false bottom in that coffin. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw that coming. Oh yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, it's pretty clear. You think she's just going to lead him right to her? It's freaking Mr. Kaplan. I even like the decoy. With like the little bob, yeah, little, like slight woman walking out with her hands up and her, her gloved hands up. I love when the, I love decoys in these kind of TV shows because they're always cocky. They're always like, "Oh yeah, you can't touch me." Not only that, she just like turned around, smiled, and then walked off camera. Oh, <laughs> like no, I was gonna stop her and be like, "I had to take you in for questioning." I wonder if there's like a decoy, like there's a decoy <laughs> training guy. Like, what do you do? Uh, I'm the consultant when they need a decoy. I'm basically a decoy expert. So when uh, when they're using a decoy, they bring me in. I explain to the decoy that you can't be touched. Uh, no matter what happens, they can't take you away. And uh, act cocky as a decoy. And you know what? At the just end, cocky. you throw out a smirk to let them know that fooled you. Just a little half smile at the corner of your mouth. No. Hmm. We got you, bitch. And then you exit stage right. <laughs> Exit stage right. Get the fuck off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my job. That's okay. what I do. It's a great, it's a great gig. It's a great gig. All How right, often do you so... work? Constantly. Have you seen these shows? <laughs> I'm booked months in advance. Um, <laughs> So we've got so we've got our decoy. Obviously, the, the the FBI is embarrassed and runs the, you know dozens of agents, but can't keep up with uh, Mr. Kaplan. So Mr. Kaplan gets the body to where she already you know originally planned to have the body, mm-hmm. and she figures out that there's a smelly stuff, and I don't remember the name of it. I right? do. Oh, you zeolite. do. Zeolite. 
It's a smelly stuff. Or it's, it, like, absorbs the odors of smelly stuff, commonly used in schools and hospitals. Well, apparently, it's also good for uh, keeping the odor off of dead bodies from exiting their, um, their uh, respective um, uh, oil drums. Yeah, but if he was sealed in an oil drum, was the smell really going to get out? I'm no doctor. I don't know how these things work. And wasn't he in the ocean, or was he like in the sand? And then the well, it was well, the reason after 15 years. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I, you know it, it still was a shitty way to die. Yeah, no matter how you really cut it. sucky. No matter how. You, really quite terrifying. It's, it's like uh, I, I feel like in a past life I probably died on a submarine because I am so terrified of being underwater in a thing. Underwater yeah, in a thing is the worst thing I can imagine. And like that, <laughs> did you just say that you probably died in a submarine? I, I believe life? I did because I, I'm really terrified. Like that scene in, in Casino Royale where, where uh, I don't remember her name, uh, Vespa, where uh-huh. she's gonna she's she's Ava in Green. The, what's that? Ava Green. Ava Green, super hot in Casino Royale. Oh my god, sometimes. in Casino Royale. Yeah, that's what I said sometimes. But when, when she's in the elevator in Venice, and the elevator goes below the water, and she's oh, looking. The very end. Oh yeah, and she looks at him, and then she <gasps> starts breathing in the water. Oh, I hear oh! when they start breathing in the water. Ah! Oh, when your body succumbs. Oh, right, that's a really terrifying thing. Actually. We've gone off on a tangent, and we've ruined Christmas. Okay, story of our lives. Because right? once again, the kids are in charge. Kids are in charge. Tangents. So, um, so we come back, and we're uh, so we're, we're we now we've got uh, Mr. Kaplan with the body. Mr. Kaplan finds out that it's that it's clearly somebody who works at a school. Yep. And then we get how did they get how do they take Arom. the leap? A wrong figured it all out because Arom the, computed it because the night that 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 Tyler the kid was put into the oil drum and sent out to sea, uh, some janitor was pulled over close to the site uh, for having a broken tail light. Got it. Like he went back fifteen years through traffic violations. Fucking wrong. And he was a janitor. Done. 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 So we got Simple our Simple as pie. We got our janitor. Now we guy. got ourselves an Edgar Grant. Edgar Grant. Janitor guy. Janitor guy. Could be serial killer glasses. And you know, not for anything, I have suspected most of my adult life that the uh, the janitors where I went to high school were doing more than they let on. I mean, I know they were selling weed, and they had the best weed. But <laughs> I, I always figured there was something else going on. And maybe, maybe uh, they were also uh, involved in the recompense business. I don't know. Recompense. But they, they, the janitors at high schools, they always seem like they have like a little fiefdom, don't they? Like, well, remember the janitor in, in uh, the Breakfast Club? He's the best. He's the best. Yes. Because they're, they're fr- anyway, high school janitor seems like a cooler gig than most uh, yeah. janitor gigs. Get your own office and everything. Right. And then what do you do? Well, we disappear for six or seven hours on our little cart. And God knows what we did in that time. And then once you all the little fuckers leave, then we'll clean up. Um, so Edgar Grant. Edgar Grant. He's he's the janitor at the school. So off they go though. First of all, they send Navabi. And two random FBI guys. There's random. There's randos now. I like that. By the way, wrestler, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh, wrestler, we wrestler. He's he's taking a leave from the task force. He has, but you know he hasn't Liz- taken a leave from shaving. Shaving. But he wasn't wearing a tie. No, that was casual wrestler. That was casual wrestler. That was wrestler. Casual. <laughs> Oh, you were saying. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. So they said Navabi and two randos because Lizzie needs to go into hiding. Yes. She needs to She needs to bone out with Agnes into a safe house. Because, uh, yeah, she's yes, the target. Yes, yes, she's the target. Whatever she did. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. She's the target. Yes. Okay. And it's one of those things, like, you always want to hear somebody go, yeah, you, you, you fucking know what you did. Yeah. But she doesn't know what she did. She doesn't know what she did. She doesn't know. Nobody knows what she did. So we've, we've established, Agnes, Spagnus of God has been, has been whisked away. Whisked away. Uh, presumably by, um, Baz. Baz people. Yeah. Yeah, probably Baz. Probably Baz. Probably Baz. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, Lizzie's on the phone. I'm going to call you back. i got to pack up my shit and get to the safe house. Yeah, no, there's nobody here. It's weird. I'm going to get off the phone. Bloop. Mace, Mace. Mace, Mace in the face, face. <laughs> in the face, face. <laughs> and off she goes. 
And meanwhile, Navabi is back at Edgar Grant's house with his wife in the wheelchair. Who is not doing so well. So we get our backstory on Edgar Grant mm-hmm. because she got her legs taken away by a drunk driver mm-hmm. who only got four years for... I think it was six down to four for good down behavior. Down to four. Six down to four for good for, behavior. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And so uh, so this is how he got into the revenge business. He, yep. he uh, took a hammer to the dude, right? Is that the... Yeah, it's something about like... Made it look like mince Mince meat meat. or something like that. Presumably, I'm guessing a hammer was involved. Yeah, something hard. You you, you can't do that with with a tweezers. That's not going to happen. If you sever like an artery or something like that, it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, Yeah. it takes time. But he really likes inflicting pain. I think he's a guy guy who likes to take his time. I'm going to invest the time it takes to get the job done right with tweezers. I love it. So, (laughs) so we we, now we know a little bit more about about the deck collector. And again, I like the character. And then, um, but this ahead, is how please. we this is how we sort of get down to who is the one who hired Edgar Grant or the uh, not the bone collector that's a movie the debt collector uh, who it is that hired him to go after Lizzie because they find his secret little antique quote antique dungeon yes and who do we find we find that there's a name from back in the day who's who becomes the red herring we don't really. Uh, all we yeah. Fi- yeah, he just finds out this dude dying of really, really bad cancer. Yeah. And that looked horrible. Well, from his accident with the fryer. And- is that is that what that was? So yeah. that wasn't the cancer, that was the accident no, with the fryer. No, that was an accident with the fryer. I'm glad to hear that, because if there's cancer hole. that does that, I don't oh, want to know no. about that. No. Anyways, that's Tyson Pryor. Tyson Pryor. Red Ty- herring. Yeah. I we- mean, we can go, like, Tyson Pryor was put in jail by Lizzie because she was a rookie FBI profiler who figured out that he was the guy who was sending letters filled with anthrax to eight presidents of universities because he, because he, didn't he was get pissed he didn't get tenure. And you know, and that that really I like that it serves to establish number one that we have a red herring, so we're trying to get some 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 plausibility to keep the FBI on the case. Number two, we've established a little bit more of Lizzie's badassery mm-hmm. that that we've been that has been frankly lacking. So <laughs> So we've got, hey, you know what? Before she got involved in all this shit, she did blow up this thing. That happened. Yeah, she was supposed to be a great profiler. There you go. We just don't see her doing that ever. And I thought we'd see her being a badass profiler more. Oh, yeah, she's too busy these days. She's very busy. She's doing a lot of getting kidnapped. Um... So so uh, so we're, now now at this point don't we end up with the long the long dembe uh, the the long dembe and and red scene don't we have in this in this little area I feel yeah, like we're around that, this time around this time yeah, yeah yeah what did you think of that I enjoyed that tremendously and I thought they they took real full advantage of of uh, of, of the opportunity to kind of reset the uh, reset the audience's sympathies which is what I think the purpose of the scene was but uh, what did you think of that. No, that's a great way of putting it. I didn't really think about it that way, that they reset our sympathies. Because we've been talking about how how they're both the protagonist and, and antagonist at the same time, Red and Kaplan, in right. this war that's, that's raging, this civil war that's raging. And you're not really sure who you're rooting for. You're rooting for them both to win. You're rooting for them both to lose. Right. Um, so now I'm back on Team Red, 100%. After hearing the sense come out of Dembe's mouth. You know, that she's taken this too far, all to prove that you've gone too far, and she can't see what she's become. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, although it's, they're just going farther and farther and farther and farther and farther, one-upping themselves to get to a brutal end, whatever that may be. Can't wait to find out what that is. But um, to hear Dembe, who is always the voice of reason, to be like, no, we need to keep going forward. She needs to be stopped. I was like, oh, yeah, she's, she's gone a little, she's gone a little mad. And I love I love structure in these in these things, you know. And, and it was uh, it, it's funny when I was in college, they always want you to learn what, what is the action of the scene. And mm-hmm. I, in college, I never understood it. But doing these shows has taught me the, the, how the action of the scene works. It's not the plot of the scene; it's what this scene is designed to do. And this mm-hmm. sign this scene was designed to reset your your sympathies. Yes, because we we've already established sh- uh, that Red shot Kaplan in cold blood. Kaplan, who'd done all this stuff for him over the years, 
How can we, who can we use, what can we do to reset the audience's sympathies so that we will at least be at a 50-50 and we won't be feeling like red is the, is the devil? Mm-hmm. So what can we do? And so we'll set it up that red is now going to be the reasonable one. But have we ever thought that red was the devil? We never think he's the devil. We think no. that he, he makes these informed choices whether we like them or not, but that's the world in which he operates. Did you operates. agree with him shooting Kaplan, though? Well, I saw why he did it. Right, but Knowing did you like who it? he was. Of course I didn't like it. But he didn't really, in his mind, he didn't have a choice. I would argue that, uh, that he did have a choice. And I would argue that, 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 uh, that part of TV writing is you, want to, you need to keep management of the audience's sympathies. We want the audience, uh, you know, they want the audience, I'm sorry, to feel what, what they're going to feel. But we also want that, that experience to be within a certain, uh, a certain framework because we want them to come back and watch next week. And if they hate everybody, they're not coming back. But if they like Red, and they, and they appreciate that Red lives by his code, but there is a code, and if Red has remorse, or if Red is, is feeling like he may have gone too far, or he may have gotten caught up and made a mistake, and now he's trying to rectify it, and then we can get the audience to the place where they go, okay, well, Red isn't feeling 100% that he was in the right. I don't and think he ever felt 100% that he was in the right, but I think he was um, operating under that code that you talked about. Yes, but I, 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 like I said, I love that this... he said he loved her, that he's had very few friends... In his life, and she was that he loves, Love. and she is one of them. But that's what I'm saying. That's the purpose of this scene. And it makes him question his motives. It makes him feel bad about what he did, and maybe some of the other actions that he's taken. And it makes him sort of wonder if he is because they're sort of mirror images of each other at this point, Kaplan and yeah. and Red, making him wonder if he's the beast that that he's become the beast that he has been projecting onto Kaplan this whole time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this scene does that right? This scene mm-hmm. is, is is him proverbially taking off his cap and holding in his hand and going, I may have screwed up. I may have gone too far. I may have hurt someone I love for the wrong reasons. I may have reacted wrong. And if I can, I can look her in the eye and I can see if we can both exist, then I know that, because I can. I can exist with her if she can exist with me. And I think uh, structurally that takes the onus off red puts it on Kaplan now, mm-hmm. and if Kaplan's character says uh, says no, then Red going after her or the, sh- or the show killing her off is going to be justified in the audience's mind. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And th- the vehicle to do that is going to be Dembe, because we all believe that Dembe is a, relatively, uh, is, is a relatively neutral partner, because he's been there since the beginning, and he loves both of them. Mm-hmm. And Dembe had those scenes where he was messed up about Kaplan, and he has the scenes where obviously he loves Red. So... I, I, I think structurally it was a brilliant. Well, Dembe now scene. is no longer neutral. He is one hundred percent on Red's side. Absolutely, he never knows left. Kate needs to be stopped. He knows what's going on with this kidnapping and everything like that. As yeah. well, he's been there the whole time, um, so he knows that it's there has to be that showdown. There has to be that face off. There has to be that conversation of the option of coexistence, and if not. He knows that they have to kill Captain. Absolutely. And that's, I think, again, that's the purpose of the scene. I love it. I love what they, the way they did it. I love the way they wrote it. And I love the reset and the emotional, the emotional reset for the audience. Uh, and, and that leads us, uh, what, what, you know, it leads us up to the scene, the confrontation at the end, um, which was going so well until our boy Gale got involved. Now, we didn't talk yet. We haven't gone, we haven't covered uh, uh, our, our boy Gale, uh, uh, what's his name, F- Special Agent Ed Hardy with the FBI, <laughs> Julian Gale. Julian Gale. And his, and his whole deal with wrestler. We are tight on time, so we got to get into that really quick. Well, let's, fin- let's finish off like how this ends, though. Yes. First, right? Let's do it. Um, so we're at the cabin. We find out the big reveal that it, that it was red, red the whole time, which I thought was a shocking, first I was shocked, like audibly shocked. Right. And I loved it. And- 
I'm so ridiculous. It's like, does he have a twin? <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, would the twin be wearing the hat? I oh, wait, there's Debbie. Does Debbie have a twin? Wait we're a not, second, We're Jules. not the sharpest tools in the <laughs> Hold shed. Hold on, Jules. Think about this for a second. I thought they were off Long Beach Pier here in, Cal- in L.A., and Jules thought maybe Red had a twin. <laughs> you may not be listening to the sharpest people on Earth. <laughs> That's just the first thing that popped into my head. He's got a twin? No, he doesn't have a twin! Doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, oh, God, where was I going with that? Uh, doesn't have a twin. I was surprised that he... That he like put into action another fake kidnapping, considering this whole story we heard last week of the fake kidnapping that went so terribly awry so last time. So terribly awry. So terribly awry that he would try this again. Again. But well, he did, and it worked out. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's kind of like Wiley e. Coyote, you know, back in, back in the day with the Roadrunner. I think there were so many plots that he had that were like that came so close to working. I was always like, as 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 a kid, I was always like, what. Fucking do that again. That almost worked. All that there was one mistake. You almost had him do that. But he wouldn't. Um so anyway, I'm glad Red did. Yeah. So So, so we Liz have, is pissed yes. that she's been kidnapped. Oh or she thinks it's sexy, apparently according I, to go you. Go watch the scene again. It was weird. <laughs> you had me kidnapped. It was weird. I'm telling you, it was fucking weird. So so you it, it was over the shoulder too, you had me kidnapped. Um it almost, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what she was going for, but it came off that way to me. Maybe I'm an insane person. Internet's tell me. Um, so anyway, she's still strapped to a chair, which is uncomfortable. I do. It's very odd to be having a monologue where you're telling someone, I'm doing this for you, as they're strapped to a chair. Yeah. And you're not unstrapping them to the chair. No, purposely, you're yeah, not. You you're, say, I can't. Yeah, I, 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 Sorry. I'd like to help you, but I don't friggin' trust you. But I'm not going to gag you, because I'd like to have this conversation. So, um, kills the Kills the debt collector. Yes, Cold whack. Bed. No questions asked. No. Nothing. And the deck, you know what? I mean, I get it from Red's point of view. Like, what do I need you around for? for his wife. Mm. In the wheelchair. She's a little She's a little lost. Let's be real. She doesn't know that her husband has all this crap down in the basement. And, uh, you know, she's never going to know. She's in a wheelchair. She's not going down the steep basement steps. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's she's pretty She's pretty disconnected, that lady. She doesn't know. Okay, fair enough. You know. She's probably better off without him. Probably. And they're going to explain to her, like, um, here's the stuff that was going on. She's like, oh, my gosh, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Oh, wow. She seems very Midwestern to me. I, I gave her more of an accent than she had. Um... <laughs> Um, so then Kaplan shows up, right on cue. Right on cue. As per Red's prediction. With, everything fell into place, just so. With a grip of guys. Yep. Who I felt bad for. I'm like, are you all going to get killed just yeah, for possible. being there? More going in, more red shirts in the, in the old Lizzie, uh, in the old Lizzie column. Mm-hmm. These 413 people had to die to protect Lizzie Keene. Why? Because no one likes her. No one likes her. No one likes her, apparently, but all it takes is two people to love her. Oh, build an entire empire. Oh. Just to protect her. Just to protect her. It was kind of like this cool little mini war standoff. I liked it. I loved it. The guys in the bushes, they had their sights on on all their guys, and this is a standoff, and as they're coming up, and Red is telling them to hold their fire, hold their fire, just to see how this is going to go, and then Lizzie mucks it all up. Every time. <laughs> I'm Lizzie. So she screams for Kaplan. And Kaplan, she- it's a trap! Harumph! <laughs> Admiral Admiral Akbar is it? It's a trap. And so uh, then then we have this the Mexican standoff, so to speak. But I kind of understood why she did it. Actually, no, it made sense. It made sense. She 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 does not want to be a willing participant in that. Kaplan literally died for her. Yes, totally. (laughs) Literally, so she can't be a part of this. 
No, I get it. And she comes out there. It felt very much to me like the like the twelve year old coming between mom and dad when they're fighting. Yes, me too. Um, I thought the same thing. But it, it like mom and dad are fighting, and I'm not. You know, I'm not going to let you guys fight. It, it sounded that way. It felt that way. It was acted that way because mm-hmm. uh, you know that's how it is felt. that way. That's how it was. So um, so she comes out and she's like, "You guys can't fight over me. No, <laughs> I hate it when you yell." Look, he promised me he's not going to kill you if you just can coexist. He totally swore. He said he swore. He pinky swore. He told swore. me. He told me. So can you coexist? And Come friggin- on. I fucking love Kaplan, though. She's like, no. Nah. No. Nah, no. Nah, nah. And if I happen. were you four guys that I'm paying to hang out with me, you should fucking run. Because I'm not. They're going to they're gonna have to kill me. Yes. But um, I loved I loved the Mexican standoff yep. action. I love... I love uh, I love everybody's everybody's work in that. I love Red's face. Like shit, really. Mm-hmm. Kind of suspect it was going to go that way. And then the whole time, you know, he said beforehand, "Will I have the strength to do what I have to do mm-hmm. if I have to do it?" Um, but then there's Gale. Then there's Gale. Then there's Special Gale. Special Agent Ed Hardy, <sighs> who's doing his like best to do in a De Niro impression oh, the entire fuck me time, running right the whole time. I was oh. like, oh god, this is like a comedy De Niro. The whole time. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know about Special Agent Julian Gale, but um, but but still weeping over those damn bodies. Although I am glad that they moved him out of the ice rink finally, which was nice because because you know Howie's ice rink and and Fun Emporium can reopen. Uh, at, after they explained to everybody, they they cleaned the ice really really and good. Got our Olympic hopefuls back <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. You have to. How do you know they got them all, Mom? How do you know they got them all? We'll never know. Oh. Uh, so, um, so uh, Julian Gale takes a pot shot. Yeah. With, uh, looks like an FBI rifle. Yeah, misses. Misses! Mm, he's too emotionally invested. He had, or, or he hit a rhinestone while he was cocking that gun back. He <laughs> might have hit, like hit, hit like a dragon eye rhinestone on his t-shirt. Oh, hit a rhinestone! I'm just saying. Um... So Julian Gale comes 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 through. Julian Gale has followed wrestler because he followed doesn't wrestler. trust wrestler, nope. which harkens back to the meeting with with Marvin Gerard, with Marvin Gerard, who obviously knew wrestler but played it off pretty well. And I did. I like that. Yeah. I liked it too. How do you know who he is? Ah, it's all over the news. Who doesn't know who Agent Wrestler mm-hmm. is? Shaves seven times a day. Keeps his hair just so. Smug and cocky, but professional. Mm, those were not the lines. You're but just smug and cocky. Yeah, I'm just smug and cocky. Yeah. Uh, which was also a great scene. So yeah, he followed him. He knows something is afoot with wrestler. It's following his gut, even though wrestler told him, "Don't be- you like better believe me?" Yeah, threw him against the wall. Yeah, everything. So I'm, it's, don't that's you doubt what me. And it was and it was true. It is what happened. It's a stupid sounding story, though. Let's be real. He I got brainwashed. He hasn't lied to him yet. No. Well, he's eluded the truth. You, you certainly lied by but omission. Gail had well, yeah, but Gail has not come out and said, "Hey, do you know where Red is?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. He like, point blank. Do you know what's going on with Red? I'm too weird of a character to actually come out and say shit like no, that. No, no, What's going on? I just I cry over the bodies. Oh, they talk to me. They're still talking to me. I apologize to them one by one. 86 times. It's a lot of apologies. They're telling me the red is untouchable. I don't believe him. Not you. Not you, wrestler. You shaved before you came here to meet me. How could you be? <laughs> Anything but me, Chevin. So, uh, so we know that, that, that obviously uh, our, our boy Gale... Doesn't trust wrestler. He mm-hmm. follows him to the to the Mexican showdown, so yep. to speak. The Mexican uh, the, the Mexican standoff mm-hmm. tries to break the Mexican standoff with a couple of pot shots. Misses. Yep. Gets back in his car unperturbed and bones out. Yeah. Strange scene. Because he had to be there when wrestler shows back up later. Right. I got to be back at the house. Uh-huh. Um, and then well, you know, and then I'm not sure. Forensics came back and said those those shots didn't come 
from any of Red's people. Yeah, the ballistics showed that it was not Red's people. The ballistics showed it was not Kaplan's people. I don't know how they got how Kaplan. They know I that. don't know that's but, well, there silly. was a lot of there was a lot of shooting going on. I mean, well, there I bullets were flying. Everyone was shooting. Everyone was shooting. No one got killed. No one got killed. It was like a stormtrooper fight. Like mm-hmm. lots of lots of lots of guns blazing. Nobody dies. Which is only going to heighten the war and the feud between Rid... Rid? Who's that? Reed. I don't know. Reed and Kaplan. Red and Kaplan, because yep. they both think the shot came from the other. So, we don't know where... But, I mean, it, what I'm saying, the point I'm making, I guess, mm-hmm. is ballistics-wise, somebody's going to have to figure out that it came from an FBI mm-hmm. rifle, which is going to point the finger at Special Agent Ed Hardy. That's all I'm saying, Here's a.k.a. Hoping. Julian Gale. I'm worried for Resser. Yeah, I would be, too. Because you know who doesn't shave every day? Oh, <laughs> Julian Gale. Julian freaking Gale. You're damn right. I and think he grooms his stubble just so. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Set your trimmers to douche, my friends. Douche <laughs> <laughs> mm, level. Right. Um, I think that pretty much That's wraps up we where we're at. Right. Uh, should we move on to predictions? Sure. Oh, there it is. There's our... And now, you're after Buzz TV. One episode left. Julia Kearley. One episode left till the season finale. Two hour finale next week. I don't know where this is going yet. I just, like I just said, I am nervous for Wrestler and his safety. Mm. That's all I got. That's really, all you got. I, no, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I got nothing. I'm very excited to see how this all ends. They did. I did see the teaser for next week, and I thought of you immediately, Flip, because they're talking about once and for all finding out if Red is her father. Today's the day mm-hmm. you will know for sure is Red Lizzie's father. That maybe we'll tell you in season five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we call the dickhead teaser. <laughs> no. Um, what do you predict? Uh, I predict. I don't really have anything. I predict the following two things. I predict Julian Gale is not long for this earth. There'll oh, be no. one less rhinestone bedazzled FBI agent. And Rester's going to have to be the one to kill him. There's you know? no question. I think I predicted that a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, I think you did. Was, and, as soon as and he introduced. He's going to go home and he's going to have a pill and a drink and shave and think about what he's done. Maybe he won't shave. Oh, shit. Oh, he's Slow be down. so up in arms and upset that he's not going to shave. I, I just, I really. Internet's. Tell me how often you have to shave to achieve that. Can you imagine a world where wrestler doesn't shave for oh, a day? It would be so crazy. Mm. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, I also predict that they have set us up now for Kaplan to die. And um, that mm. really bums me out because yeah. I like Kaplan. And there's been a huge like comeback from the dead. And uh, it would be a shame. But, um, but I think they've set us up for Kaplan to get whacked. So... Those are my predictions. Julian Gale dies. Kaplan dies. I don't, what I don't know. What if Kaplan dies trying to save Liz? So she's that, sort yeah. of redeemed at the end. Not and then like, have like it's a not scene like of... Red and Kaplan standing off and he shoots her. She's right. dead. Maybe they're fighting some other force that's coming after Liz and she, you know, jumps in front of the bullet or something ridiculous like that for Liz. So she dies somewhat of a heroine. Don't stay here for Red. Go away. Get your own life. Something like that is a dying monologue yeah. that she gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah Maybe. Yeah. All right. Maybe she has a, uh, 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 what's it called? From, um, ah, never mind. Um, that's all we got. That's all we got. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we would love to hear your predictions for next week. So if you guys got something you think is, is, is going to happen, please let us know on the uh, on, on the uh, on, on the the, the, com- the comment section over there on the YouTube's. Uh, Jules, where can the young people find you? Oh, young people, uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I can't speak Instagram with my name, Julia Carely, J U L I A C E A R L E Y. And you can find me on the Twitters on Instagram uh, at Joe Flippo, J O E F L I P O. We will see you guys next week. Thanks so much. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.